News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to the Luke Messias Show. So, great news is that six conservative Republicans were willing to vote against Dade Phelan in a secret ballot uh, on Saturday in the Republican caucus. Dade Phelan received 78 Republican votes, six unnamed conservative Republicans voted for Tony Tinderall. They said, I want to actually have leadership in the Texas House that says we should have a vote on Republican priorities and we should not give Democrats so much power. Seeing the fallout that has happened since then is very interesting and that's really what we're going to focus on. This also is going to, in some ways, exemplify to those of you who are wondering, like, what do conservatives get out of Tony Tinderholt running for Speaker of the House? You're going to learn some things today, things that are instructive for the party to know what to do moving forward. So let's take a step back. The Texas House of Representatives last session had about 1,261 legislative priorities, okay? 1,261. Well, what do you mean, Luke? So in the Texas House, you have all these committees and you have two calendars committees that after a bill passes, so a bill has to be scheduled for a hearing. It has to receive a hearing. It has to be scheduled for a vote, which is oftentimes after the hearing. It's a second scheduling of the chair. And the chair decides all of this. It then has to receive a vote of the, at least the majority of that committee. It then goes to a calendars committee in which a majority of that calendars committee has to decide to put it on the calendar for a vote, at which time it receives three votes on the Texas House floor and then goes over to the other chamber. If a bill goes through this process, that makes that bill a legislative priority. Because thousands and thousands of bills are filed, but only about 1,261 pass. Now, when I say only, that's a lot of bills. That's a ton of bills that pass. So Tony Tinderholt runs for speaker and he says, hey, there are eight legislative priorities that the Republican Party of Texas has asked us to address And so while we're debating the 1,200 bills that we're going to pass that are our legislative priorities, we should also make sure to debate and vote on those eight. The Republican Party of Texas has literally asked to take up six-tenths of a percent of the legislative priorities that pass The House. That is, if you take eight legislative priorities and divide them by 1,261 bills, it is six tenths of a percent. It's really small. And by the way, one of those legislative priorities is a rules vote that's going to take place. It's not even a bill that has to go through this whole process. So it's only seven bills that they're asking. They reduced it. 
They said, we're going to cut the bills by more than 10% so that you have an even easier time. Only seven bills. So Tony Tinderholt says these seven bills should be voted on. It's a really sim. It's kind of weird. You'd think like, what kind of platform is that? That's way too easy. Don't make it so easy, Tony, on all of these Republican representatives. Because all you're asking for is seven. Of course, they can say yes to it. They can't. James Frank, a chairman under Dade Phelan, whom I who I agree with, you know, at different times on different policies. He has carried some great policy through the Texas House of Representatives. He is a chairman under Phelan. He put out a statement following Dade's election. He said, whose job is it to decide legislative priorities? Question mark. It is the elected representative's job based on direct feedback from constituents. This is one of the many reasons that Dade Phelan won overwhelming support from the Republican caucus members in a secret ballot. And several members liked that. Cody Harris, Lacey Hole, Cole Hefner. Lacey and Cole like a lot of the same tweets. And uh, Cody, like there's this like group of people that tend to like go around and like all these tweets. But these are sitting members of the legislature that are together and saying, yeah, we pick the Republican priorities. You don't pick legislative priorities. We pick legislative priorities. We're the members of the legislature based on direct feedback from our constituents. Here's what's ironic. James Frank is probably going to vote to keep Democrat chairs in the House. When over 85% of voters in his district in March voted to say, I don't want Democrat members to chair committees in the Texas legislature. So he says elected representatives determine legislative priorities, and we do it based on direct feedback from constituents. Now, this is an attempt for these members to say, like, we're doing this because our constituents want this, okay? But when we literally put language on the ballot and every voter votes on it, and they vote against that, it's like, it doesn't matter what your constituents directly tell you. Somebody pushed back. They said, actually, the legislative priorities are voted on by the delegates at the RPT convention. Don't want to follow the RPT legislative priorities? Question mark. Don't run as a Republican. Problem solved. We, the grassroots and delegates, are sick and tired of being ignored. This is just um, Alexander Schilling. To which Representative Frank replied, the RPT priorities are important to consider, but are you really suggesting that they should outweigh the desires of the people of my district? Here is, here is why Tony Tinderholt's race is so good. <laughs> because you have these members out there being like, look, should they outweigh the other 1,261 legislative priorities? Because here's the thing, the legislature doesn't pass seven bills. If they did, they could come to you and say, look, you can't just tell us the seven bills were allowed to pass this session. You could say that. But they pass over 1,200. And the Republican Party has asked for seven of them. And that's too much. So all these representatives have to justify supporting Dade. And here's the thing. Dade Phelan doesn't support the legislative priorities. Okay? 
He doesn't. He won't. He literally came out and said, I got all the votes I needed and we're going to work on issues like property taxes and foster care. And I know we're going to have a great session. Now, it's an odd choice. Like, he didn't say property tax relief. He just said property taxes. He didn't say, you know, taking a step towards property tax elimination. He didn't even use the terminology that would say, like, bold property tax relief. Because we've already covered this a couple episodes ago. He actually came out and got mad at Carrie Isaac for pushing property tax relief. And it looks like, based on the votes, Carrie Isaac probably voted for Dade Phelan. So she voted for him in a secret ballot. She's like, hey, I'll vote for you and you can tell me that all my property tax ideas are bad and I'm listening to my constituents too much. I'll, st- I'll endorse your leader. And this is why they need that environment, right? These, these members in the legislature, they will come into all these incoming freshmen and say, you don't understand. You have to vote for the existing hierarchy. You have to endorse it and then you have to embrace it. And if you walk down this path long enough, you will start to put out statements like Representative Frank when he says, we cannot possibly make the Republican legislative priorities seven bills and one rule change, seven of the 1,261 priorities that we're going to vote on. We can't do it. Maybe if we were going to pass 1,300 bills, we could pass these seven. This is the current state of the Republican caucus in the Texas House. They're so fixated on being right that they can't take a step back and say, it's seven bills. Just pass these seven and these other 1,250 some odd bills you want to pass. 54, 1,254. You get 1,254 priorities, we get seven. Sounds like a fair trade. Absolutely not. Not if you're Cody Harris, not if you're Lacey Hole, not if you're Cole Hefner, not if you're James Frank, not if you're many of these other Republican legislators. And this is what puts... Republican members in such a difficult position. This is why Republican parties in Parker County and Tarrant County and these other great places have passed these resolutions saying, hey, do not vote for a speaker who vocally supports Democrat chairman. Do not vote for a speaker who opposes the legislative priorities because we call on our legislature to support our legislative priorities. And when you have leadership at the very top that is completely denying the existence of these priorities and any willingness to support them. Legislators voting for them in a secret caucus is a violation of the platform. It's a violation of Plank 233. It's a violation of any type of loyalty or fidelity to the Republican Party. It just is. And it's sad to watch. But here's the great news All of these same Republicans will turn around and say, hey, last session was awesome and really conservative. And you go, why? And then they start listing legislative priorities that passed, right? They go, well, we passed this bill and we passed constitutional carry and we passed the heartbeat bill and the trigger law and all these other laws. Like we passed all these conservative Republican bills that the Republican Party of Texas supported. So 
they can't escape using it as a barometer, right? If we fail to ban sex change surgeries on children, which the Texas House killed last session, the Texas House, not the Senate, the Texas House killed numerous times. Dade Phelan killed it. Stephanie Click killed it. The entire Republican uh, representation on the calendars committee killed it. If they kill it again, they own it. So they have to use the Republican platform and the Republican parties as their barometer that they'll come back and wag their finger at you and say, hey, we did all this conservative stuff based on what definition? Based on this. They didn't come back and create all these new issues that Republicans have never talked about and say, hey, look what we did. So they can't get away from it being this measuring stick, but they are trying so hard because they all want to endorse the existing hierarchy, even though the existing hierarchy is opposed to advancing conservative policy. So how do you do both? You come out and say, look, we're the ones who determine legislative priorities, not you. And you go, well, I didn't say that. Republican delegates just said, while you're passing your 1,261, can you pass these seven? And it offends them. It angers them. I'm not saying James Frank is angry, but I know a lot of other members that I've talked to that are angry. Angry that the legislature, by the way, it, it, historically, just for you to understand, wrote, the Republican Party of Texas has not always had legislative priorities. They had a platform and one, and here's what's so funny. So you'd have this big platform and then you'd go to members after the session. You go, oh my gosh, y'all failed to pass all of these things on the platform. And they go, well, look. We can't get to the whole platform, guys. This is just ridiculous. Look at all these things we did. They were great. So y'all, and then they said, well, if y'all would just tell us like the couple things that you wanted us to do, maybe you give us a couple, we'll make sure to do those. But we can't do the whole platform. So then they said, well, let's create legislative priorities. And then, of course, a bunch of politicians like opposed it. There was a big push amongst the establishment to oppose having legislative priorities because they didn't want a barometer that would determine their success. Because they passed 1,261 bills. They picked their legislative priorities. If you tell them even seven or eight to pick, you then determine whether they were successful or not. They hated that. So then they opposed having the legislative priorities, even though they used the platform being so big as the excuse for them not being able to pass what it was the grassroots wanted. So then they said, let's narrow it down to seven or eight. And that was a huge opposition but grassroots said, no, we're going to create legislative priorities. We're going to advance these and we're going to push them. And then ever since they got created, I remember James Dickey did this at the end of the legislative session. He saw that these legislative priorities had been ignored, had been opposed by a lot of politicians. So the Republican Party of Texas sent out this email and they had this huge list of bills and they and and like House leadership was working on this issue with the GOP at the time. So they're like pegging. Well, there's this one bill that passed out a licensing regulation that was a Will Metcalf bill. And like if you read the caption, that seems to align with like plank 213 that says that regulations generally hurt small businesses. And so they created this monster list of just any bill that could in any way associate itself with a single plank and the big platform could be a victory. So Dickey tried to kind of reverse 
uh, engineer what success was. And this is one of the reasons why the grassroots got rid of James Dickey. I mean, I, I cut a video saying why I supported him in his initial bid and for re-election and then opposed him because he shifted in this time in that last in that last term as chair. He became a cheerleader for them. And in order to do so, he had to stop talking about legislative priorities. He had to start talking about the platform. And so he said, actually, the Texas House gave us dozens and dozens of victories. And it'd be these random bills that weren't that significant that in some way may be tied to this little plank because they didn't want to do the legislative priorities. The legislative priorities would require them to be bold and aggressive in the policy they push. And that's the great thing about the legislative priorities. They say, hey, while you're doing these 1,200 things, just do these seven that we believe will definitionally make for a successful session. And then honestly, y'all can pass whatever you want to pass, rename every bridge, pass whatever regulation, a little sunset deal clause. But if you do these seven, grassroots are going to be pretty happy. And here's the cool thing. The Texas House could pass a ton of lobby-backed legislation and corporate-backed stuff, insider deals, whatever. If they passed these seven legislative priorities, it wouldn't matter what the grassroots came after them on. They would be, it would just be unstoppable. Like nobody could argue with the fact that we delivered what you asked us to deliver. And maybe we did a bunch of other stuff that was bad and you think is bad, but we also delivered these. Instead, they want to deliver none of it and they still want you to be happy. If you're a Republican in Texas, you still better be happy. This is why conservatives are fighting in the Texas House. This is why conservative grassroots are smart enough to not go for any type of defense of Dade Phelan. Nobody's stepping up. You don't see any conservative groups coming in saying, hey, Dade's a good guy who we should all keep. He's conservative. He's going to push conservative stuff this session. They're not doing it. And they're not going to do it. It's been really encouraging to see how smart. I mean, the Tarrant County Executive Committee unanimously passed. So if you know a precinct chairman in Tarrant County, they passed this. Thank you to every single precinct chair in Tarrant County. Passed language that said, if you're going to get Democrat support before the speaker vote, you're violating Plank 233. That's what Dade Phelan did to get elected to the Texas House of Representatives. Every single Republican on that list violated Plank 233. All the Republicans that went and helped Dade find Democrats so that he could come out and say the speaker's race is over, we have more than 76 votes, they violated Plank 233. Every single Tarrant County Precinct chair said, yeah. They said, if you vote for a speaker who's vocally supporting the Democrat chair process, you're violating Plank 233. Yeah. These grassroots aren't dumb. So thank you so much to all of you across Texas who are working hard on this issue. I want you to see that in some ways, the victories that we're seeing is one, there's a... you are seeing some of the establishment make arguments that they've never made before. And that's how hard they're having to work to defend the status quo. It's also what sets up the legislature to just have to deliver conservative results. And this is the same thing that happened two years ago. It's the same thing that happened six years ago. I would say the only time this wasn't the case was in 2019 
everyone just decided we're going to go along and all be behind Dennis Bonin. Nobody's going to fight. And uh, it was the worst session in modern Texas history. Absolute most purple session we've ever seen. And ever since then, conservatives went back to what they did under Strauss and have pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And it keeps delivering victories, legislative victories in a body that doesn't even want to pass the legislative victories. How do you get constitutional carry out of a chamber that has opposed it time and time, time and time again, even when it had larger, more conservative Republican majorities? Why? More and more and more and more pressure. When Brian Slayton made the Democrat chair issue an issue, Dade Phelan could not appoint a Democrat to chair public safety as Dennis Bonin had did. And Dade Phelan has even publicly criticized Dennis Bonin for appointing a Democrat to chair public safety. So he put James White in his chair. James White is a way better chairman, probably the best chairman of public safety we've ever had in modern history. And he passed constitutional carry. Thank you, Representative James White. So do not lose heart. Continue to push. Understand that conservatives are winning victories and defining the battlefield and, and what it means for Republicans to win this session more than we ever have before. And we're not going to slow down. And if you are part of that across the state, either through joining a local conservative group or being active in the party or becoming a precinct chair or donating to some of these champions who are voting on the front lines. Last week, if you, you know, give to some of these groups, all of these groups are putting messaging out like this is what's getting built here in Texas. This is what you should be a part of. And I'm glad to bring you information every single week. Thank you for those of you who are staying tuned. I know, you know, some of our episodes are kind of more news-based. We cover more issues that are going on. And sometimes we try to come to you and talk to you about these kind of insider things that are going on, like the speaker's race, commentary from different lawmakers, because it, it, it gives you a window into what's happening and how the system is happening. And I hope you learned something today. God bless you. And God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messia Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Oh,